0: I would invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Proverbs. Turn over to the book of Proverbs. This morning I begin a um, three week little series on six basic life principles found in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. And as you're making your way there this week on Monday, Um, It was the 26th, and so one way that you can engage in God's Word is to read a book of Proverbs. For example, today is indeed the 1st of September. That's hard to believe. Uh, We're rapidly looking forward to 2020. Amen. It's knocking on the door. We'll be there before we know it. But one of the easy ways that you can take a next step in your walk with Christ is to read a Psalm. And then whatever day of the week uh, or day of the month it is, you can read that chapter in the book of Proverbs. And so this past Monday, I happened to read Proverbs chapter 26. And I ran across verse 7, which says this, like a lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So I thought, okay, God, as we begin this uh, three-week series on the book of Proverbs, uh, I think that is a great reminder. And so the reason I tell you that, and I start in chapter six, or chapter twenty-six, verse seven this morning, is there are challenges to interpreting the book of Proverbs. Because there are varied literary forms. For example, we have poems, and we have brief parables, we have pointed questions, there are comparisons, and there is personification. And so when we look at the book of Proverbs, we have to know that. And so a couple things I want you to know as we dive into the book of Proverbs is what is Proverbs? Well, Proverbs is a collection of practical truths about wisdom. Moral values and relationships. Now, I don't know about you. Could you use some wisdom in your life? Uh, Do you need to know where your moral values come from? Could you use help in the relationships around you? Then go to the book of Proverbs. It is full of those things. You see, we may amass knowledge, but without wisdom, our knowledge is useless. Um, Proverbs is written mostly by the wisest man who ever lived. His name was Solomon. And he left a legacy of wisdom in his writings in Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and the Song of Songs. You see, a proverb is a short, concise sentence that conveys moral truth its original audience, was the people of Israel. And as one source I was reading in my uh, study Bible this week, it said that kind of the key verse for the book of Proverbs could be found in chapter 1. So turn back to chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 7. So the... um, the Life Application Study Bible, I think, was the one that I was reading, and they said that out of the Book of Proverbs, if there was a key verse that you need to know, it is verse seven, and it says this: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction." What a great reminder! This morning's message will be in Proverbs chapter three, verses one through. And if you will, turn and open your copy of God's Word, and we will read these together. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. You will find these similar words in your copy of God's Word. And so the heading is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So Solomon writes, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So this morning I want to start and I want to tell you that in this book as we find ourselves, he is saying, my son. My son. He could be saying today, my daughter, my daughter. Solomon is crying out. And he's trying to impart wisdom to his son. The first several books of Proverbs, he is writing to his son. He is writing to his son. He's Then he writes to older people. And then he writes to leaders. And the, he writes to leaders. And so we see he's saying, my son. And so here in um, this particular series that we're going to be preaching, actually kind of the the... The skeleton of it came from a message that I heard by a gentleman, Dr. Ted Trailer. Um, we w- we listened to one of his messages a while back on Sunday evening. And so I, I, I listened to that message. And the crazy thing was he packed six principles into about 35 minutes. And I said, whoa, wow. I said, I was feverishly taking notes and could barely keep up. And so a few weeks ago, like I said, a, a few months ago, I listened to this. And uh, I was just really... Um, challenged by it, and so what I wanted to do is take those six principles and then break them down, two principles each week. Amen. Aren't you glad that I didn't try to come in and give you all six in one day? Because we do, we need to slow down. That's one of the things that I want you to know as you uh, read and study God's Word. Is God is not worried so much about uh, the quantity over the quality of our quiet time with Him. Amen. You know, I've heard people say, "Well, Pastor, I checked off my chapter in in the Bible today." Okay, what would you learn? Well, um, uh, okay, yeah, I checked it off. So are we reading Scripture just to check it off so that we have this list of, hey, I'm going to go through my day and I need to sit down and I need to check it off? Or are we reading it and asking God before we read it, Lord, open our hearts and minds, help us to see you more clearly, help us to see how I might apply these truths to my life. And so one of the ways we do that is just to slow down A little bit, amen? And so, what we'll see over the course of um, the preaching and teaching these next few weeks is that every two verses there's a principle that I want you to see. And so, the first one is the obedience principle. The obedience principle is the first one we'll be talking about today. So, Solomon says, My son, do not forget my teaching. Do not forget my teaching. See, five of these six principles, they start with do not, do not, do not. And so, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. You see, he's not saying let your head keep my commandments. He's saying let your heart keep my commandments and and there's a difference and a lot of people are going to miss heaven by about 12 inches because they have a head knowledge of christ they have a head knowledge of who god is but they don't have a heart knowledge amen their heart has never been transformed they've never allowed the holy spirit to be wrecked to wreck them as as some people have been bold enough to pray lord break my heart for what breaks yours right? Are you willing to, to pray a bold prayer like that? And for each of us, it might be different, but that is what Solomon is saying. He's saying, my son, don't forget my teaching. Don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. And so I want to ask you this morning, do not forget, do not forget. How do we learn? How do we learn? Well, I would tell you that I'm thankful for people who've poured into my life, and we learn one of three ways. Actually, we learn a combination of these three. But each of us are individually wired to learn in one of these ways. We've got to hear it, we've got to see it, and we've got to do it. We've got to hear it, we've got to see it, and we've got to do it. And I will tell you this morning that more is caught than taught amen you can stand up in a pulpit you can stand up in front of a classroom you can stand up in front of a youth group you can stand up in front of your group of friends and you can browbeat them over the head with the bible but that may not that's not going to work because more is called than taught and i want to ask you this morning are have you talked it but not walked it you see is It's not the real deal because if you're talking about your faith and you're talking about the things of God, but you're not walking them out, you're not living them out, people see that. They see the discrepancy between what you say and what you do. And so can you talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? Dr. Ted Traylor said this, do we live it and teach it as a lifestyle of following God? That's what Solomon's saying. Listen, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents this morning, are you living it out and are you teaching it as a lifestyle of following God? You see, in empty faith, there's no faithfulness in the storm and there's no joy in the blessing. And in turn, your children, your grandchildren, those that are observing you from the sidelines, they will turn from it. Do you see that? If if there's a discrepancy between what you say and what you do, those that are watching, your children and your grandchildren, they will turn from it. Is there, can you say that there is faithfulness in the storm? Can you say that there is joy in the blessings? And point to where your blessings come from. You see, we should be teaching, we should be living, we should be showing, we should be struggling out our faith in front of our children and our grandchildren. To to not have all the answers is okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to say, "Okay, sweetie, I don't know where we're going to get the money to do this. I don't know how Granddaddy's health is going to be. I don't know how this is going to happen. But you know what? I know a man who can." And so can we take a moment and can we pray? You don't have to pray a long, elegant prayer, but are you praying with your children? Are you praying with your grandchildren? Are you praying with your family? You see, are you just talking it, or are you walking it? Are you living it out for them to see? You see here, Solomon is saying, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. That's what Solomon is telling his son. Never forget the things I've taught you. And so I have to ask you this morning, what are you teaching those around you? What are you teaching them? Are you teaching them that a bottle has all the answers? That that's how we just get rid of the worries in our life? Are you teaching them that to go into hey, that next scratch-off, that's going to be the big win. That's going to be what gets us where we need to be. Are you teaching them that your bank account is where you find your security? See, teach your kids, because when you go and, and you go and you do things and you swipe your card, they don't know. They didn't see any money exchange. They didn't see things take place. And so do they realize, do they grasp how much things cost? I will tell you I'm going to go from preaching to meddling for a minute at least share a story in my own life that's coming to mind. And that is, you know, when we go out to eat, my kids know. When they were little, especially when they could still eat kids' meals, because now if you look at Caleb and Chandler, they, if they said the kids' meals, they're going to say, no, sir, pick something from the regular menu. But when they were younger and they were children, we would go to the restaurant and my kids knew. One of the first questions they would, they would ask the waiter is, um, does your kids' meal, meal come with a, a drink? And if not, if it did not come with a drink, they knew what the answer was. And even Katie, as she got older, being the little mother hen that she tries to be sometimes, she would say, five waters with no lemon, please. She would know that. Why? Because I was trying to teach my kids the importance of we need to conserve. We need to be mindful of what we spend. And so I'm thankful that maybe once they get out on their own that they will be mindful. They will be considerate of what they're spending and what things cost. But you have to teach them that. Amen. You have to instill that in them. The other thing is, are and I'm thankful for the ones that I see around the room this morning, are you investing in the faith journey of your children and of your grandchildren? I see Miss Elaine back there with Keegan. She is. And I, and I smile as I look back there even now because I remember when I was about his age, my grandmother, we went through a storm and my grandmother invited me in. She invited me to go to the grocery store. She invited me to go and to do, uh, she did my great-grandmother's hair. But then I spent the night with her, and on Sunday morning, I would go to church with them. My grandmother played the organ, and my grandfather would preach. And those are precious memories. They were laying the foundation of my faith. Why? Because, listen, faith is not, I, I I can pass my faith on to you, but faith is personal. Amen? I can live a life of faith and point you to Christ, but you are meant to have your own faith. It is supposed to be experience for you and you personally. Amen? You have to walk that. Just because your grandmother was saved does not mean that you're saved. Amen? Just because she accepted Christ doesn't mean that that's automatically your ticket to heaven. It is a personal faith. It is walking with the Lord daily. This morning in our small group, our material, I just wonder somehow how great God is and how he interweaves things in our lives. We were talking on the subject of simplicity, finding contentment in a busy life, and a centered life. And that's by having a centered life. And so today's theme was worry. And listen to what it says. We're talking about the obedience principle now. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Our material this morning said this, I want to share it with you. It says, as we focus on Christ and pursue Him with obedience, He takes care of everything else. As we focus on Christ and pursue Him with obedience, He takes care of everything else. You see, friends, as the old hymn goes, we have to trust and obey. It's one thing to trust Him, but He's going to call us to obey Him. Can I remind you this morning that obedience is not always easy? Obedience is not always popular. Sometimes you have to step up. Sometimes you have to step out. Sometimes you have to bow out. But obedience is what God commands You see, what does obedience yield? Look in verse 2. Look in verse 2. Solomon is saying, For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. In essence, he's saying you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. You see, friends, we're to obey God and to follow Jesus. Now, as we're talking about teaching our kids and we're talking about obedience, there's a great example in John 20, chapter 21. And it's one of the greatest commandments that you can give your children. It's a great commandment that God gave us. And Jesus, he gave it to Peter here in John chapter 21. They were arguing about longevity. And Jesus simply said, you follow me. You follow me. See, don't get caught up with everything else that's going on around you. Don't get caught up in everybody else's business. Because, you know, prayer time can become gossip time. Amen? There's a fine line that you walk in that. Because sometimes you say, well, I'm just letting them know that there's a prayer request. No, you may be very well gossiping. So pray as you share requests that you're sharing them um, and they're not gossip. Amen? Everybody doesn't have to have all the details especially when you share it with a larger group of people. Just boil it down to what's at need. You know, uh, one example I heard recently was, um, I was reading, this is a book that I was reading, it was talking about, you know, Johnny. Johnny hates his job. He really wishes he could, you know, move somewhere else. He's not loving where he's at. You know, and so when it came to reporting that kind of to the leaders of the church to be praying for Johnny, they didn't say all that. They just said, pray for Johnny in a possible career move. Right, They don't need to know all of those other things. But how can you boil it down and how can you keep it simplified to pray for those in your life? So we are to obey God and follow Jesus. So first, you're to teach your kids to obey God. Secondly, I want you to see that there is the kindness principle. The kindness principle. And so we see in verse 3 and 4, he says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. You see, friends, this morning you have to put kindness in two places. You have to put kindness around your neck, and you have to put kindness in your heart. So what do we see from that? When we put kindness around our neck, we're showing it outwardly. He's saying, put it around your neck. Imagine a necklace, if you will. If there was some kind of kindness necklace that you could wear. So we're to wear it around our neck and we're to show kindness outwardly. But then we're to put kindness in our hearts and we're to keep it inwardly. We're to keep it Inwardly. You see, the Bible says, be ye kind to one another. So turn with me, if you will, over to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. First and Second Corinthians, then you'll find Galatians and then the book of Ephesians. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to start in verse 29. So Ephesians chapter 4. So first and second Corinthians, Galatians, and then Ephesians. If you found your place, say amen. All right. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Verse 32, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Friends, we're to put kindness around our necks. We're to put kindness in our hearts. What a great and challenging reminder. That we see this morning as Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. We're We're to be a gracious people, right? We're to be a forgiving people. That's not just because Chris says we are. That's because that's what the Word of God says. Christ has been gracious to you. He has been patient to you. He has been merciful to you. He has forgiven you. And to whom much is forgiven... That's who much is given, much will be required. But when we're forgiven much, we should forgive much. Amen? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read verses like that and I think of all that God has forgiven me, wow, I'm supposed to forgive other people. Sometimes we need those reminders. We need those reminders to change our focus. A great illustration of kindness can also be found. I want you to turn over to the Old Testament really quick to the book of 2 Samuel. So you'll see Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, and then 2 Samuel. If you'll turn over to 2 Samuel. While you're turning there, we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. As you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of background. So Saul has left the scene. Uh, He's left it in a mess. David has become king, and in verse 1 of chapter 9, we see, we see an interesting statement. We see an interesting statement, and David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Three times in this particular chapter, in verse 1, in verse 3, and in verse 7, David is wanting to show kindness Saul had tried to kill him. But even in the midst of that chaos, even in the midst of that storm, don't lose your kindness. Don't lose your kindness. Here, Ziba steps up and there's Mephibosheth. He's Jonathan's son. And when he was born, the nurses dropped him. And he was an invalid. He couldn't walk. In verse 8, we see how he approached. And it said, um, he paid homage to And said, what is your servant that you should regard for a dead dog such as I? A dead dog. Look at the picture that scripture uses there of Mephibosheth. But David sees him and David is saying, how can I show kindness? And he sees Mephibosheth and he says, listen, for the rest of your life you will eat from the king's table. Your fields and finances of your granddaddy. He didn't deserve it. He hadn't earned it. But it's simply the kindness of the man who wrote the 23rd Psalm. See, friends, people will do you wrong. You will have heartaches and hard days. But it's never wrong to be kind. Never. Amen? It's never wrong to be kind. Never. Why? 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 Because if we look at verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. He didn't say in the sight of man and then God. We're to find favor in the sight of God first and then man. It always goes back to when we have screwed up things in our lives, it's because we've gotten things out of order. We're trying to find things horizontally that we will only ever find vertically. Amen? So you have to work on that vertical relationship between you and the Lord before you ever begin to work on your relationships with those around you. So he's saying you will find favor, you will find good success. Basically, you will find good understanding in the sight of God and man. Why? Just because you are what you are? No, because you obey God and you show kindness. You show kindness. Listen, friends. When we live a life of obeying God and being kind to others, Christ is is on display. When we live a life of obeying God and being kind to others, Christ is on display. You think about some of the things that we do here at this church. We take and we take a meal to the emergency homeless shelter. We show up, why? Not wanting anything in return, but to be a blessing. That is Christ on display we're being obedient he says feed the poor clothe the poor you know i can't remember the scripture that i read recently but you know if you got it and somebody comes to you and says hey you know i, I could use a i could use a, a jacket or i could use some food and you know you got it and you don't give it to them Are you living out your faith? You can't do everything for everybody, but we are called to do for those who don't have. Amen. We're called to do for the widows, for the orphans, for the poor. Christ said, as you do as much, as you do for them as much as me, right? Do unto them as you would do unto me. So as, as much as you do for them, you're doing unto me right that's what we're to do we're to live out our faith and Christ is on display this year when we again thank you record number of what we were able to take in because i believe and as you saw with Betsy and Sam Caraway when we know of a need people will give and run towards the need amen Now, we can't give and run towards every need, but when there's a need, people will give, people will support, people will walk alongside. So we have to let people know what those needs are. And so one of the needs that we did this year as well is we wanted to be a blessing to Croswell. And what was really beautiful about that was sometimes you just have to say, People might say, "Well, Chris, you're just kind of you just kind of go with the wind sometimes, or you don't feel like I don't feel like you got it all together." Okay, yes, you're partially true. That is probably right, but sometimes in and through some of the conversations that you have, things come along better that you could never have planned for. Because when I talked to the principal, I said, "Okay, we weren't able to take the cards when we went and we did the prayer walk." Terry and I went, and we did the prayer walk, and we walked through the schools. And so then I said, well, I'm going to have to bring the cards back. And he said, oh, great. He said, on Monday, right before we started school, um, he said, why don't you come and walk them around and give them out to all the teachers? Hey, awesome. You open the door. Let's go. Amen. And so uh, Linda and Cindy and myself, we went. And what did we get to do? We got to be a blessing. You guys gave to that. We bought the cards. We wrote the handwritten notes. And we were able to go in to give that to them and say just thank you. Thank you for what you do. When we are obedient in obeying God and being kind to others, Christ is on display. And so I want to leave you with this final question this morning. Why should we obey God? Why should we obey God? And why should we be kind? Why? Right? Do you ever ever read something like this and just say, Oh, man, this is just another sermon. Why do I got to obey God? Why do I got to be kind? I don't want to be kind. She wasn't very kind the other day. He wasn't very kind the other day. Maybe they need to hear this message. Well, maybe you need to hear this message too. Amen? Every time you hear a message, don't always be thinking about somebody else. If you need to kind of look inward, it may be something in that message that you need as well. Amen? Not always for somebody else. Sometimes you could pass along and say, hey, I think you might need to listen to this past Sunday's message. Um, You might get a nugget of wisdom out of it. It's something you need to hear. But anyway, um, so turn over with me, if you will, to the New Testament. We've kind of doing our little sword drill this morning. I've got you all over the Word of God. Thank goodness. It's great to hear the Word of God being turned. We're going to go over to 1 John. 1 John, so James. We were just in James. Then you'll see First and Second Peter. And then you'll see First John. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7 and read down to verse 16. So listen to the word of the Lord. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Big $5 word, we'll come back to that in a minute. Beloved, if God so loved us, We ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, remains in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, we remain in him, and that he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him. God remains in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that love, believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Look at verse 19. We love because he first loved us. If you hear nothing else today, love first. Right? Be kind first. Love first. Be kind You don't have to wait on someone else to do that. God loved us first. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? That He loved us first. I mentioned that $5 word, propitiation. That's a great um, word of our faith, of, of our testimony. And it says this. A propitiation is a covering. It's an atonement. It's a sacrifice that pleases God. Christ's sacrificial death on the cross... That makes divine forgiveness possible. That's what propitiation means. It's that God's mercy. And grace. In action. To put us in a right relationship with him. God's mercy. and God's grace. In action. As we look at this middle stained glass window. It was God's will. That his son take on the sins of the world, my sins and your sins, that He might become the propitiation for us. And why? Why? Because He loved you so. He loved us first. So this morning, as you go through your week, will you find ways, and as God whispers, be obedient I'm telling you sometimes when God whispers and he tells you to be obedient you'll be like what wait God that, that's gonna hurt That that's painful why why me why now can't this wait but sometimes obedience isn't easy It's not going to be popular. But it's what God commands. And then kindness. Kindness. Will you go through this week, will you show kindness outwardly? Wear it around your neck. But then is there kindness in your heart? We have to show it outwardly we have to keep it inwardly listen friends when we live a life of obeying god and being kind to others christ is on display and so my prayer for you this week is be obedient be kind seek him first and go in and love first forgive first Be kind first. Share what you have first. My prayer for you is that you would find a way and remember that your actions, that your words, how you treat others, Christ will either be on display. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning, I thank you that we can just sit down and we can take a handful of verses and Lord, that you can teach us about how much more we need you every day. Lord, uh, how we have not arrived yet, Lord, that sometimes being obedient is painful. God, being kind is not what comes natural. But Father, I thank you for messages like this to remind us that we are to trust you and obey, and that we are to be kind. We're to, we're to put our kindness on display, not to, to make much of Chris, not to make much of ourselves, but God, so that you may be on display. Father, I pray this morning that as we leave this place, Lord, that we would continue to seek you, we would continue to obey, and that we would be kind To one another. Father. We have mentioned many prayer requests this morning. The needs in our lives. Our circle of influence. Our family. Our friends. Father we ask that you move in a way that only you can. And Father I pray this morning. As we leave this place. Help us to. Think through. What we've heard. Father help us to. Maybe jot down a next step. That we need to take with you are toward others. Father help us this week to live out our faith. And Lord, help us to point others to you. Because you are a good good father. You are the creator of the heaven, earth and seas and everything in them. You're still the mighty physician. You're still the mighty healer. You are the comforter. You are the rock. And you as as David says or who I seek refuge, that I seek protection from. Father, help us to seek you this week. Help us to find protection in your presence. And help us to just be still. And know who we are in you. For it's in your holy and precious name I pray. Amen.